The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and you're listening to us live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send an email, exxon at talkstarradio.com. On MSN Messenger, you can always chat with me here in our studios by typing in talkstarradio at hotmail.com. And our websites, www.exxonradio.com, xzonetv.com and xzoneipod.com. My guest this hour is L.A. Marzulli. He is the author of Politics, Prophecy, and the Paranormal, and his website, spiraloflife.com, and his blog site, lamarzulli.wordpress.com. And, L.A., my friend, how are you tonight? I'm great, Rob. Thanks for having me back on. Sure appreciate it. Always great having you. So what is what is the, uh, the chatter been at your blog site this week? <laughs> Glad you asked. Um... These these headlines I'm going to read came are, are basically less than 24 hours old, and they're from different you know different publications okay. all around the globe. I'm just going to read you this because in politics, prophecy, and the supernatural, um, I, I spent a lot of time on the Ezekiel 38 prophecy. We've talked about this before. Sure. I've never really gotten into it. I feel tonight maybe we should touch more on on the you know specificity of the prophecy. This is. And, and again, these headlines, I'm not making this stuff up. This, what, this is what I dug up for today. I'm just going to read the headlines. Iran rejects French warning it risks Israeli strike. Mm-hmm. Another headline. Russia may aid Iran to spite U.S. Another headline. Perez declares Israel's readiness for war with Iran. Another one. Hezbollah chief warns against Gaza strike. So, you know, you've got the, you've got the mix over there is simply this. You've got uh, this nation of Israel, which, uh, in my opinion, the fact that it's even there is a fulfillment of this ancient prophetic thread, which, you, which I'm constantly talking about on your show, which was written 2,500 years ago and came to fruition in 1948 when Israel finally became a nation. It was literally regathered from the four corners of the earth and set back into its ancient, ancient homeland. And now, of course, we see this prophecy of Ezekiel 38, which I believe is the next big thing on the map, and what's chilling about it is when you actually look at the prophecy and what it says, and I'm just going to read a little bit, Son of man, sent thy face against Gog, the land of Magog. And quickly, Magog is most, most biblical scholars look at that um, as, as the present state of Russia, okay? And say, and it goes on from there, and it says, uh, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya with them. All of them with the shielded helmet, and it continues. The reason why, you know, I stopped there because I want to dwell on who Persia is, Ethiopia and Libya. Obviously, Persia 
is the modern state of Iran. And what's bizarre is the, the first nation, of course, is Magog, which most people believe is, is Russia. And the second nation is, is Persia or Iran. And this is exactly, precisely what we see being set up on the world political stage right now. And so it begs the question, I mean, is this prophecy for our time? Are we seeing the stage being set for this prophecy to unfold? And in my opinion, we are. I mean, I could be wrong, but mm -hmm. just looking at what's shaping up, in my opinion, from where I sit and the news I'm able to, you know, able to gather, and when I weigh it up against the prophecy, uh, in my opinion, Ezekiel 38, 39 is, is about to break loose at any moment. All right, let's like let's month? take a let's take a two minute break here. When we come back, sure. let's take a deeper look into the into this prophecy. All right, L.A. L.A. Marzulli is our special guest. His website is www.spiraloflife.com, and L.A.'s blog is lamarzulli.wordpress.com. We'll be back on the other side of this two-minute commercial break as we continue live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, right here on the Talkstar Radio Network. Don't go away. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Felsmere, or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, old Florida cuisine at its best. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. L.A. Marzulli is our special guest. SpiralOfLife.com and L.A. Marzuli.wordpress.com. All right, Ellie, let's take a deep look into this prophecy that you and I have been talking about oh, for the last uh, last number of weeks, and, yeah. and how and how it really affects us in today's um, global situation. Now, the the events that you talked about at the in the first uh, segment are undeniable. These are real news headlines it, it's real-time stuff exactly that's right yeah right okay, so so. It, 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 it's it's to me it, it's extremely alarming in other words look if these headlines didn't exist i'd have absolutely nothing to talk about and i would retract the book 
and you know go go write go back to writing novels or something, <laughs> do something else more productive. Well, or you could or be, you could become a Bigfoot hunter. Yeah, I'm ready. Trust me. <laughs> Send me out, Rob. <laughs> Send me out. <laughs> Live from the field. It's the Elliot Marzulli Weekly Bigfoot Report, and this week we're in Montana. Out on the trail of Bigfoot. Wouldn't that be fun? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but we digress. Yes. The the bottom line is, look, if if I'm a student of of these ancient manuscripts, I mean, I I read the stuff, I read them over and over and over again. I look at different commentaries. I try to figure out, you know, what when this thing is going to happen. I think we can all agree that this war of Ezekiel 38-39 has never happened. An interesting note where the prophet gets this this one little detail, and I'm going to read this to you now, it's more of an in-depth thing. And you shall come up against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land. It shall be in the latter days. This phrase is used like two or three times in that passage, in the latter days, which of course begs the question, how do we know what the latter days are? And which brings us back to Ezekiel 37, which talks about the regathering of Israel from the four corners of the earth, which we know happened because in A.D. 70, Titus came in, destroyed the temple, and killed over a million inhabitants, took the remainder of the, of the Jews, of the Israelis, and literally scattered them over the Roman Empire. And there they remain for almost 2,000 years until basically the modern age, at the turn of the 20th century, we see a spike after World War II and the horrors of the Holocaust. We see finally uh, Israel b- being voted by the U.N., and by the way, Russia voted for them. Uh, by one vote, it passes, and it becomes the state of Israel. A, a case could be made, and I, I realize, Mr. with all due respect to Mr. Salas's book, which I have not read, but I have explored Psalm 83 independent of his research. And mm-hmm. I, would, I would say his research, you know, from what I know of it, seems to be, seems to be uh, with them with a lot of erudition, I would just add that I believe Psalm 83, in fact, has already happened on the prophetic scale, and you could make a very strong case that the nations mentioned uh, very specifically again in Psalm 83, which I have right in front of me. If, if you're interested, we can go into that yes, a little please, bit. Yeah. Okay. For instance, like Egypt is, um, it talks about Hagar and Amalek, that is Egypt. Palestine, Pal- the Palestinians are Philistia. Uh, Jordan is Edom. Uh, Lot, Moab, Hagar, and Ammon. Syria is Sisera. Lebanon is Tyre. And it goes on from there. Syria is the Arab people. And it, the, the bottom line is in 1967, uh, which is one of it, which is, which is the great war, I believe, that Psalm 83 discusses, all these nations specifically named in Psalm 83, and I just, you know, outlined them very quickly, which can be confusing because it's just a bunch of names, but those modern equivalents, let's say, um, like the Palestinians are, are, are correlated back to Philistia, or Jordan is Edom and Lot and Moab. That in other words, the present nation of Jordan corresponds to the ancient boundaries or the ancient people known as the Edomites or Moabites. Okay, so we see that those those nations mentioned in Psalm 83 literally went up against Israel in 1967. Therefore, I believe that prophecy is fulfilled. What I find alarming uh, in, in that string of prophecy is, of course, Iran is never mentioned. And what's really bizarre is when you look at the Ezekiel 38 prophecy, we mentioned that right before the break, it discusses the nations um, which go up against Israel. And the first one, of course, is Magog, which I believe is Russia. Mm-hmm. And the second one is Persia, or known as Iran. And, and, and people who would look at that, well, you know, how, how do you know that that's the same nation? Very simply because when you talk to an expatriated 
uh, Iranian, they will normally or usually say, I'm from, I'm from the land of Persia. They, they usually don't use the word Iran. Iran is a very modern term, only used since the revolution, really, um, since the overthrow of the Shah, so, uh, or, or, or shortly before that, I should say. So it's, it's basically in, in the latter part of the 20th century that Persia shifted its name and became Iran. But it's the same nation. It's the same geographic location. And, and, and my point is this, right, right when we came on after the break, if, if these headlines were in here, I'd have nothing to discuss. I wouldn't be looking at Ezekiel 38. But, I mean, this is just today's headlines, and it's, no, it's not just one. And it also talks about, you know, Russia is in there, uh, Israel is in there, Hezbollah in, in, in Lebanon, which, which, again, you know, going back um, and, and looking at the land, it seems to be like, you know, the Lebanese and, and that whole part of um, in Syria maybe maybe part of the fray here. So I find it incredibly alarming that we're looking at this, and it also pinpoints with great specificity it shall be in the latter days. Now, it doesn't give you a date on that, but we know that first Israel has been re, uh, re, reestablished in its ancient homeland with its ancient boundaries. And we also know that, in my opinion, that Psalm 83, that prophecy, has been fulfilled in the, in the in War of 67. You can make a very strong case that that prophecy has been fulfilled in Israel 1. So the next thing on the prophetic scale is this great war of Ezekiel 38. And you would say, well, gee, you know, why, why should it be concerned? First of all, millions of people are going to perish in this thing, especially if what the prophecy, and I believe it is true, comes to pass. They will use, the Israelis will use their nuclear capability. They will yes. be pushed mm -hmm. to the point where they'll have to use it. And this is why it's so alarming. This is why it's so alarming, because if, if, if they go nuclear at this point, uh, we're looking at millions of people dying. We're looking at something that, that's off the charts, off the scale. We, as, as a race of human beings on this planet, have never witnessed any, anything like this. This will cause a great climate of fear. I mean, fear that we've never known, uncertainty that we've never known. I think even beyond what we experienced in World War II, because people will say, oh, my gosh, are we looking at a thermonuclear war which is going to completely wipe out the planet? What are we really looking at here? And, and this, is, this is a leap, and this is certainly a scenario and a theory of mine, but I believe that this is, this is the juncture. I could be dead wrong on this, Rob. I mean, I'm sticking my neck out. It's, it's a theory, but it's based on, you know, 20 years of research. Mm -hmm. I believe that this climate of fear will be the trigger that, um, or, or the event, I should say, that then triggers the paranormal to manifest. And that being specifically the type of, of craft that our friend Ricky Sorrells in, in uh, Texas saw over a mile wide. And these things will, it won't be like the Phoenix Lights where they fly over, you know, in the, in the dead of night and people see them and there's, you know, witnesses that come on the record and all this. These things will park themselves over the major cities of the world and just sit there. And this will cause this unbelievable paradigm shift in consciousness, which, um, which again, ancient scriptures talk about this one-world religious system, which last time I was on, we talked about this, which begs the question, how do you get all these people to, to change their worldview or change their belief system? And I, told have... you, and I told you how I would do it. <laughs> Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels, yeah. <laughs> get everybody sloshed, have a good there time, go. have a party. For 24 and, hours, and... it would work anyway. Exactly. So it's interesting to see that, that, in my opinion, things are shaping up. Mm -hmm. It looks like the stage is being set for this. And all we can do is, is sit and wait and watch, and, and uh, hopefully it won't happen, but it certainly looks like they're, they're rushing towards it. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm monitoring this stuff daily now, and, uh, 
keeping a real close look at it. I know the last time you were on last week, you know, you talked about that there's going to be a strike on Iran, yes. you know, sooner than later. And that's, uh, you know, the Iranians must know that. So that, again, are, are they going to pull the, you know, pull the trigger first and go after Israel? I don't, I don't know the way it comes down. I only know that, that these nations will come up against Israel and they will more than likely resort to their uh, nuclear arsenal and, and uh, defend themselves that way. However, we can always hope that something will happen where a peaceful solution to this problem may, may happen. You know, I, I would love to see that. So I, would, I. I mean, I would, I, would love, I would love to think that I'm dwelling in a period of time where maybe this Ezekiel 38, 39 prophecy won't happen and that we could see some sort of a peaceful resolution um, you know, to to the to the vitriol and to the hatred that's over there, but it, it just seems like they're they're hell bent on leather, you know, to go for this thing. I mean, uh, the saber rattling of specifically of Nasrallah, uh, the head of Hezbollah, and of course our friend in Iran, mm-hmm. Ahmadinejad, and, and the Russians have made it very clear that you know they're, they're not backing down if, if Iran is attacked, you know, by almost by proxy, they're they're going to back Iran. So it 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 really is playing into Ezekiel 38 and 39. But, um, you know, again, the prophecy is written 2,500 years ago. Uh, somebody, which begs the question, you know, what was he looking at? How did he know? How did he, was it a vision? Was it like a, like a movie playing out in front of him? Was he transported literally in, through time to the place where he saw this stuff? I don't know that. I have no idea. You know, he doesn't, the prophet doesn't make it clear how he sees it, but he sees it. I mean, he sees, apparently he gets a vision, which is why he's, he's at a loss of words to do to really describe what he's looking at. He only knows um, in, in other places and, and, and from other prophets it talks about, and this stuff is really bizarre when you get into it. I mean, it's just really bizarre. He talks about the plague. This is, this is what the, the prophet says, the plague that will strike this army. I'm kind of paraphrasing a little bit. But plague is used um, will be as they're, as they're just standing there, their eyes and their tongues will rot instantaneously as they're standing there. Which you know, when you, when you when you discover what a neutron bomb does, that's what it does. You know, it, it, it boils your blood inside you. It doesn't. It's not like a like a Hiroshima or a Nagasaki, which just blows everything out. It's not that way. The radiation is so intense that your blood boils, and and your your eyes just rot and your tongue rots right, right as you're standing, at which which you know fits the prophecy, which is yeah. you know, 2,500 years ago. No one knew about this stuff, and you had no way to describe it. And here it is. Very, very specific what what the plague is, what this thing is. L.A., stand by. We've got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. L.A. Marzulli is our guest, spiraloflife.com and lamarzulli.wordpress.com. We'll be back after the news right here on the Talkstar Radio Network. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, 
X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back, everyone. Ellie Marzulli is our special guest. His website is www.spiraloflife.com and lamarzuli.wordpress.com. Uh, by the way, Exxon Nation, Cal Court has been in touch with me, and he uh, proposed that him uh, and uh, Michael Horn from the Billy Meyer Society join us here on the Exxon to have a debate. I said, no. Plain and simple, no. And I gave him the reason being that, you know, Two hours before airtime on his last debate when he was supposed to um, debate Major Kevin Randall, or Dr. Kevin Randall, I should say, uh, he pulled out, citing a terrorist attack within seven days. Well, there was no terrorist attack, and uh, I just fully declined, and I wish him well if he's going to be taking his, uh, his debate somewhere else. Good luck to him, but it will not happen here on the X-Zone. Speaking of Michael Horn, he's going to be my guest tomorrow night in hour number three. Ellie Marzulli, welcome back, my good friend. We're talking about prophecies, and it certainly does look that the Bible, especially the Ezekiel prophecy, has the events of today dead on. And we have to ask ourselves where they did get this information. Now, what is your hypothesis on how this information was so accurate so many years ago? Well, you know, you and I, you and I've dabbled into this and, and touched on it on, on other shows, but I, I honestly believe that there is an entity, mm-hmm. uh, for, for lack, let's just call it that for for the time being, that really that lives outside our space-time continuum, and that somehow uh, manifests through, or can manifest, at all points in time simultaneously, if this entity wants to. And he chooses at, at some particular point, let's say, to hit the prophet Ezekiel, mm-hmm. and he chooses this man, and, and this man is either transported through time or sees through time or, or through a vision. Most of these things that Ezekiel gets are, are their visions. He's seeing a vision. Now, you know, I'm not there. I haven't talked to Ezekiel one-on-one. I'd love to. I'd love to be able to sit down and go, what does it look like? Does it, I mean, are your eyes wide open? Is there, are, you, are you in a meditative state? Mm-hmm. Are you completely, you know, normal, let's say, as, as we would be normal, and all of a sudden something in front of you, kind of a vista opens up, a window opens up in space, and you see the future? I don't know how he saw this, but he did see it. And he penned this stuff over 2,500 years ago. Uh, I blogged today on, on the man, it, it's, it's like the average Joe, the man on the street, has no idea of what this stuff is talking, you know, is that this prophecy even exists, most people have never read it, have no idea how it might be playing into what we're looking at in the Middle East today. And, and I believe that this entity is a very benevolent, good entity. Uh, my dealings with, with the entity <laughs> have, have, you know, been, uh, I would say, very, you know, very good and very benevolent. Um, and I think there's, you know, it, it, this, this opens up a whole can of worms we can get into 
maybe on other shows, but but the bottom line is the reason why I believe, let's say, biblical prophecy over Nostradamus or, or prophecies, let's say, by the Hopi Indians is because of the great specificity of the prophecies and their accuracy. It's not like 60% or you know mm-hmm. 80% right or whatever. They're really 100% accurate all of the time. And so, you know, we're looking at the Ezekiel prophecy. It looks like it's shaping up. It looks like it's about to happen. Um, you know, is this like a week away, two weeks away? I don't know. I only know that it, it, it's more of these these uh, articles are crossing my desk daily. Uh, if frequency means anything, it looks like it's it's happening with greater frequency than what it was, let's say, six months ago. Certainly, uh, a year ago, I mean, I, I there were there was there were signs. There was there were um, rumblings. Uh, Rumblings, definitely rumors of war uh, in the area, but now it's like daily, you know, five, six, seven, even you know, ten articles, mm-hmm. whatever, on on what's happening, and and and, and everyone's jockeying for it for for position. The U.S. fleet is over there; they've just had three more aircraft carriers in, in the Persian in the Persian Gulf near the Straits of Hormuz. The Russians have a fleet. Um, the Russians and the, and the Iranians are in bed together. The Syrians now have uh, you know opened up a. A, uh, a channel with with the Russians, and it's just a question of what, you know, how it comes to play. What's the trigger that sets this thing off? And that's what we're looking at. Ellie Marzulli is our guest. www.spiraloflife.com, and his blog is lamarzulli.wordpress.com. Ellie, the Armageddon, as described in the Bible, right. towards right. the end times, um, right. is very specific as well. It is. It is. And this is, there, in my opinion, there, there are two separate wars here. And I realize that, you know, some, some biblical scholars place the Ezekiel 38, 39 war um, at the end of the thousand years of peace. And I don't. I, I just, I just, and, and many other scholars, uh, like myself, believe that this happens before Armageddon. Uh, the scenario that I believe we're, we're looking at is we'll see this, this Ezekiel 38, 39 war will happen. It will kick off supernatural events that are absolutely unprecedented. It will create this one-world government with a one-world religious system. And at the and it also it begins, in my opinion, the beginning of the seven-year uh, tribulation, which the book of Revelation discusses and talks about. At the end of that is that battle of Armageddon, which all the nations, all the nations of the world are basically involved in on, on some level. So that's, that's a whole different deal. In fact, it says, it says in the prophecy, unless those days were short. I mean, this is real sobering stuff. I mean, this is... It's it's not it's not the type of stuff you know you don't you don't tell your kids you just you just don't talk about it. I mean, most adults can't handle this, but when when you when you read those words and it says that unless those days were shortened, no flesh would survive. That is an incredibly sobering statement. Unless those days were shortened, no flesh would survive. So you see that that mankind is now you know left to its its monstrous self, and it and it's allowed just to just to run the full gamut. Of, uh, of man's own depravity, which is what we're looking at. And then the entity intervenes and brings about peace, and that's what we're all waiting for. Because we read the end of the book, and we know that, you know, the good guys win, and that's what we're hoping for. That's the hope. That's the and hope. I think now, that will happen. Now, you, you were talking about the Hopi Indians a few moments ago. Right. Where do they fit in, in into the entire uh, prophecy scenario? Like, we've got, the, we've got the Mayan calendar that allegedly right. ends... 2012, and there's a lot of people who are expecting doom and gloom. 
Well, the Hopi Indians have some interesting prophecies. They talk about spider webs in the sky, for instance, mm-hmm. and and some people look at that and say, well, you know, with the with the contrails and, yeah. and you know, is, is that a fulfillment of that? They also talk about a house falling from the sky, a man-made house from the sky. Again, this guy, some guy's looking at something in the future, and he sees it, and he has no idea how to describe this thing. He just uses language that he that he's familiar with, the vernacular, the you know, the syntax that he has it readily available. And the Hopi prophecy is that there's a house, you know, above in the sky, and this thing falls. Is it the space station? It, it certainly could be. That hasn't happened yet. But that's, you know, there's, look, there's a lot of prophecies in, throughout throughout time and through different parts, and people mm-hmm. look at, you know, Nostradamus, for instance, they're always talking about him. St. Malachi is certainly another one talking about the chronology of the popes, and we're down to the third from the last pope, according to Malachi. And, and I look at these things, and I travel on them, but what the difference between those and what is, what is the, I mean, it, the Bible prophecy, in my opinion, is just heads and shoulders above everything else, in the sense that you've got, it's not only one prophet, it's, it's many prophets, and there's no collusion between them. In other words, Ezekiel necessarily didn't know what Isaiah was talking about, you know, and, and sometimes they're separated by a couple hundred years. So there's no collusion between these, these prophets, and yet they're all adding on to this thread of prophecy which goes through the millennia up right up to our present day. Uh, we talked about before the break, if, if, let's, if, if, if you can make a case that the Psalm 83, the prophecy of those nations going up against Israel, has been fulfilled in the 67 war, I mean, that's amazing. We also know that the temple, the third temple, will be rebuilt. There was an article that came across my desk today talking about once again, that third temple that the Israelis are in negotiations trying to get that temple built. And it's just, you know, the guy who cuts that deal, the, the figure who, who allows that to happen, there will be some, you know, one person will bring it about type of a thing. Like, you know, Ronald Reagan is looked at as, as bringing down um, the Soviet Union, let's say. I mean, he's, he's the guy that did it. You would pin it on his chest and say, you know, Ronnie, you know, mm-hmm. you won, and then Gorbachev with Glasnost and Perestroika and all that, and the Soviet Union just kind of fell of its own weight and dismantled. Well, I think the person that, that brokers the deal for the Israelis to build that third temple, and, the, and the, the Scripture is very, very clear on this, will be none other than the Antichrist. So we're around and we see, it doesn't matter who it is, whoever brokers that deal is, according to Bible prophecy, the Antichrist. He's the guy that does it. So, you know, if we're around at that time, I mean, I'll be... I'll be blogging on that like crazy. and uh, But, see, most people don't know this stuff, Rob. Most people have never read it or even know where to look to read it. And they just, you know, it, it, many people have a Bible. It sits on their shelf or underneath their coffee table, and they never crack it open. And it's, you know, my, my uh, exhortation to your listeners would be, you know, let's not talk religion here. Just open up Ezekiel 38 and read it for yourself in any translation you want. I don't care. It's very, very specific, and it talks about... Um, you know, in the latter days, these things will happen. Mm-hmm. Here's a group of nations which will come up against a land of unwalled villages. There's another line which, in itself, was was completely unheard of in the ancient world. I mean, I mean, in the ancient world, you just didn't have a land of unwalled villages. You had a series of castles and moats and high walls, and that's what you did. I mean, otherwise, you'd be, you know, your crops would be taken, you'd rape and pillage, and you'd lose everything. And and this was this was what the ancient world was. And to, the prophet writes this, a land of unwalled villages, absolutely unprecedented in the ancient world. But the prophet's seeing this, and that's how he writes it. You know, it's not, it, a big in, deal. In other books, in other uh, religious books or in other uh, philosophical books around the world, mm-hmm. is there any commonality 
that can be drawn to the uh, to the prophecies of Ezekiel? Well, I would say no. The um, there's there's some interesting uh, prophecies which I kind of touch on a little bit in politics, prophecy, and the supernatural. That the the Shia sect of Islam, and I know your your next guest is going to talk about this, and this is going to be very interesting. They are awaiting the Imam Mahdi, uh, which which you know some some biblical scholars look at as uh, perhaps the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows who this guy is going to be? I mean, they've got their own eschatology, and it's completely different. Uh, it, it appears different from ours, but what actually, if you, if you know ours, if you know if you know, let's say the, the Judeo-Christian biblical overview of, of eschatology or prophecy of how these things happen at the end times, and you're familiar with the the advent of the Mahdi and the Shia belief of total chaos, the two go very they fit very well. They dovetail very neatly together, uh, and they fit very well. Except that um, it's not what, with all due respect, it's not what the Muslims think. I think I think they're they're going to be deceived, but that remains to be seen, doesn't it? It certainly does. It yeah. certainly does. Yeah. And if and if things are happening the way that you believe they are, it's not going to be that long. I don't think so. I mean, you know, some of the intel I, I was just reading at the break. I was opening up some emails I haven't gotten to, and, and one of them talked about uh, uh, some sort of a nuclear exchange around the, the 15th or 17th of this month mm-hmm. in the Middle East specifically. So, you know, whether that's true or not and whether information is, is it, you know, apparently there's a leak from Dutch Intel or something. But, you know, it's, it's all Internet stuff, so who knows, you know, where, where it's really, you know, the source. Is, and I, I can't track it to, I mean, I can track it so, some way, but not, you know. So, not, so what do you think, so what do you think happens after the, the Great Tribulation? What do you think happens after the war? What happens to the planet? What happens to the survivors that, that are left in this war-torn planet i think it's a thousand year cleanup i mean i really do i think that that you know when this thing hits and when you start looking at the 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 state that the planet is literally left in Mm -hmm. where a third of the water and a third of the land and the trees and all the stuff and the animals and just things are just you know people dying of plagues and it's just it's a real mess i mean it's just a real mess and i think that part of this thing will be to restore it and to kind of dismantle um, this, the craziness. Look, unless you go and you're a in your, unless you live in a really modern city, let's say like like Beijing, what we were shown, and just all the all the amazing buildings and like you know the water cube and 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 the bird's nest and all. Mm-hmm. I mean, arch, arch, architectural marvels. I mean, just amazing. You know, that's wonderful. But then you look at Detroit. <laughs> you get the picture. Oh yeah. You know, it, it, it's not it's not a nice place to live. You know, and it and it's really a, a modern hellhole. With all due respect to people who live there, there are certain sections of it that you just don't want to be in. But you're you going to find that in every city. You're, you're going to find that in every city. And that's why I think that that it's going to be a dismantling of the system that we see today. And you know, is, is it some sort of a an ecotopia? There was a book out 20, 30 years ago called Ecotopia, and it, and it talked about you know almost like a, a First Nations people the way they lived in harmony, many of the tribes lived in harmony mm-hmm. with, with nature. And I think in some ways, and I'm look, I'm way out on a limb here, I'm just speculating, in some ways I think that that's what we're going to see. We're going to see a return to a real balance and a real, um, it's, it's just going to be different. You know, for instance, let's say the animal kingdom, um, which there's, there seems to be some sort of a barrier between us uh, interacting with the animal kingdom. Yeah, we have dogs. They're our best friends, right? And we, we can, you know, every now and then we get to hang with the dolphins or whatever. Sure. But what if, what if everything was, what if things changed? 
What if somehow, supernaturally, um, you know, Deus et Machina, you know, God, God of the machine type of thing, but what if, because he's all-powerful, what if that barrier is broken down and all of a sudden, like, you know, like instead of, you know, we can look at elephants and stuff, but what if it was all the animals? You know, and the Bible kind of hints at that, that a child will put his hand down the hole of an ass, which is a very deadly stake, and, you know, you get bitten by an ass, you're dead yeah. like in an hour. So, you know, for a child to do that, you know, the lion will lay down with the lamb. It speaks, it, it gives us a hint of perhaps that the whole animal kingdom or, will come back to the way it used to be. Or it's a metaphor of the lamb laying down with the lion being the one country that is very gentle laying down in harmony with one great power. It could, it could be both. Let's talk more on the other side of this yeah, break as the Exxon continues right here live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hi, I'm Larry Lawson, host of Paranormal Stakeout. With over 36 years in law enforcement, I have learned a few things. The most important is the proper gathering and preservation of evidence is vital to putting the bad guy behind bars. It's no different in the world of paranormal investigation. Whether it's the search for the afterlife, cryptozoology, UFOs, and extraterrestrials, how we gather the evidence, preserve that evidence, and present it to a jury of our peers will make the ultimate difference in proving the existence of worlds and entities that are beyond our imagination. Join me, Larry Lawson, every week on Paranormal Stakeout when, along with my guests, we'll take a journey to prove with indisputable evidence what man has struggled to believe for centuries. Go to xzbn.net for the broadcast schedule and check me out at paranormalstakeout.com. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Nelly Marzulli is our special guest, www.spiraloflife.com, and his blog is lamarzulli.wordpress.com. Yeah, so let's take a look at these prophecies in a different light, Ellie. Here you had people who had a very limited knowledge about the world around them. 
they were not very they were not very scholarly people. Mm-hmm. However, they did have a way with words. And when you talked about the lamb lying with the uh, the lion, right. could this could a lot of these prophecies simply be metaphors? Well, that one that one certainly could be. Um, but again, in order to really you know check that out, one has to read a paragraph ahead of it and see if if the text is actually you know metaphorical. In, in its content, or is it really being specific? I mean, there are, you know, the Bible is certainly filled with metaphor. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it's not. Um, it seems like, what, in my opinion, in my interpretation of it, it seems like what it's talking about is some sort of a, um, a lifting of the animal kingdom uh, between the animal kingdom, between, you know, actually interspecies, let's say lion and lamb, and also between, you know, mankind and the animal kingdom. Uh, which would just be amazing. I mean, if you go back to the, the mythos of, of, let's say, Genesis, which, of course, I believe is true, and, and the animals are being created, and Adam is sent, and, you know, name these people. I mean, it seems like he's, he's in total harmony with these guys. That everything, everything's working. Everything is the way it's supposed to be. But, you know, and when we look back in time, we're talking about when the animals were created, what, what was man how was he? What was his point of evolution? We weren't even walking upright. Well, you know, here's here's something interesting to think about, and I've I've I've, I've hit evolutionists with this, and and it's a bizarre idea, but it, it's bear with me for a second. Sure. When when Jesus does the miracle of the loaves and fishes, right, and he multiplies the fish, mm-hmm. the fish have age. Okay, the fish have age. He creates them from nothing somehow. And we don't know what he's what he's working. To us, it's utterly miraculous. You know, he's obviously you know manipulating matter and creating fish. The fish have age. They're not minnows. They have age, which means the fish show up, but you know, ten years old, five years old, whatever. They have age to them, which um, you know kind of begs the question: uh, when he's creating, let's say, or when these animals are created, is it is it the same type of a thing? Is it just like you know, one minute they're there, and he's, he's got the DNA, right, because we know everything works off the DNA. Mm-hmm. When Darwin wrote his theory of evolution, didn't know about DNA. had no idea it even existed. I honestly believe if Darwin were alive today, reworking his theory and knew about DNA, he would rework that puppy big time, because it doesn't make any sense, you know, because these, the DNA is so precise, so precise and so infinitely detailed that, you know, you can't, yeah, you can mix the DNA of, let's say, a firefly with a frog, and you get a frog that glows in the dark. I mean, there's, there's geneticists I've literally talked to, and that's the kind of stuff that they yeah. do, messing with the spiral of life, messing with the deoxyribonucleic double helix, which we call DNA. But that code is there. We've got to say so long for tonight, L.A., because we've oh. run right out of time. You and I will be back talking next week. So until then, my good friend, take care of yourself. Take care. God bless. And we'll Bye-bye. speak to you soon. When we come back on the other side of the news at the top of the hour.